That afternoon, you could feel the crushing weight of grief in the house. She sat next to her little girl lying in the bed and kept a cold cloth on her forehead to break a fever that just would not break. She couldn't imagine life without her little girl, but the longer her husband was away, the more she realized she might have to. While sitting there at her daughter's bedside, her mind played back the last 12 years. 12 years ago wasn't like this. 12 years ago, life was as good as it gets. She thought of the day she heard her little girl was on the way. Would she look like her? Please tell me she's not going to look like her dad. And then the day came and she held her little girl in her arms for the first time. When her daughter finally fell asleep that first night, she just watched her. She thought of all the milestones, her first word, her first steps, her first fall, her first horseback ride, her first day of school, her first sleepover, her first crush, and all the seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths over twelve years. Every morning before school, she held her daughter close and prayed over her, and she told her, Remember, sweetheart, the Lord our God, He is one. She thought of the weekends when she, her husband, and her daughter all snuck away to the park to play. In the afternoons, he took off work early to get away for a few days. She thought of all the dad jokes her daughter still laughed at and wondered how long that would last. She glanced into the dining room to see her daughter's play setting still sitting at the table. For twelve years, she sat at that table and came home to her home. For twelve years, she was a part of their family. For twelve years, she was her little girl. The last twelve years were busy, but they were a good busy. Twelve years ago changed their lives for the better. Twelve years ago, she was heading out of the clinic with medicine for the morning sickness. And that's when our other lady from twelve years ago walked in. And we'll meet her, and we'll hear both of their stories right after this. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to 12 Years on Simplify. Twelve years ago changed her life for the worse. Twelve years ago, she was getting weaker. It was harder to stand for a long time. She couldn't walk with the rest of the family as far as she used to. She was lightheaded and dizzy most of the time, losing a lot of blood, and she didn't know why. She headed to the clinic to ask the doctor exactly what was wrong with her. Twelve years ago, the doctor broke the news that she was hemorrhaging, and they didn't know why it started or when it would stop, if it would stop. But because she was bleeding, she needed to go home and stay home. She wasn't welcome in public anymore. And once she went into her home, Nobody else could come into her home because now her home was unclean. She wasn't allowed to touch anybody or anything for 12 years because she would contaminate them. So she watched her children grow up from a distance, but she didn't hug them because she couldn't hug them for 12 years. Her life felt like it was over. It wouldn't be fair to end theirs. Everybody thought it, but a few people actually said it. Would you just do all of us a favor and leave and leave us alone? She couldn't go to her friend's house and certainly couldn't go to God's house because she would make everything in the house unclean. For 12 years, she lived in quarantine. Just a sample of what we lived for two years, she lived in fullness for 12 years. She couldn't remember the last time she really laughed. She had been miserable for 12 years. She didn't have much money, but she had enough for a second opinion and a third and a fourth. After all the doctor's appointments and treatments, nothing worked, and now what little she did have was spent. 
and she had nothing but 12 years of receipts to show for it. Twelve years ago, both of their lives changed, one for the better, one for the worse. But today, both of their lives will change again because Jesus is on his way. The little girl's dad ran for help because he heard this teacher named Jesus was coming to town. But this teacher was not just a teacher. He was a wonder worker. He read the headlines. Jesus turned water into wine in a wedding. Who can do that? He heard Jesus heals the sick, but that's what he needed. He didn't need water to wine. He needed his little girl well. She was sick, so he set out to find Jesus, and as he got closer to Jesus, he heard more commotion and conversations. He followed the crowd until he stood waiting on the shore for Jesus to get off the boat. His clothes told everybody he was important. He did not need to say a word. Everyone who was anyone in this part of town knew Jairus. When Jesus got off the boat, Jairus didn't see himself as the ruler of the synagogue anymore. He only saw himself as the dad of a dying daughter. If Jesus didn't heal her, his child, his baby girl, would die in childhood. And I don't know why. Sometimes we don't know the becauses for all the whys and the how comes that happen. But even when we don't have the whys for the whats, we should follow this Father's lead and take our needs humbly to Jesus. Without worrying about his $1,000 suit, Jairus knelt in the dirt and prayed and pleaded with Jesus to come home and heal his daughter. He only had her for 12 years short years, not nearly long enough. Jairus had never met Jesus. He didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd walk with him. Maybe he'd shrug his shoulders and walk away from him. Maybe Jesus would shake his head and tap his watch. Jesus is busy, places to go, people to see. But Mark 5 beautifully reads, Jesus went with Jairus. But Jesus didn't owe Jairus anything. He didn't have to prove himself to Jairus or to anybody. This was not a job interview. Jesus is almighty God. Jesus went with Jairus just because Jesus is gracious. Every time we pray and Jesus answers our prayers, it's not because he owes us anything. It's because he's gracious. He's not interviewing to try to be the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Everybody was following Jesus and Jairus, and they didn't even see her. She started off in the back of the crowd and elbowed and pushed her way through the crowd, but it didn't take long to sap her strength. She got down on her hands and knees and crawled through the crowd. The ground bloodied her knees. The crowd stepped on her hands, but she kept crawling through the shoulder-to-shoulder crowd, saying, if I can just, just touch the hem of his garment, I know, I know I'm going to be healed. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. She got close enough, she looked up and saw those little blue tassels on the corners of his robe, and with all the faith and strength she could muster, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and suddenly everything changed. What was wrong was made right, and she knew instantly she was healed, all because she reached out in faith and touched Jesus, and Jesus reached out in grace and healed her of a disease she had battled and a disease that had baffled every degree doctor in her region for twelve years. But one touch from Jesus healed her. For the first time in 12 years, she felt whole and she felt human. Jesus said, stop everything. Somebody just touched me. Jesus' all-star team shrugged. Of course, there's a whole crowd of people practically strangling us, Jesus. We're not social distancing here. You're surprised somebody touched you. (laughs) Oh, this Jesus. His dream does and just did not get it. Jesus shook his head. You guys just don't get it. 
Somebody didn't just touch me by accident or brush up against me. Somebody wasn't just jumping up and down to a fast song. Somebody touched me in faith. So much so I felt virtue go out of me. And she couldn't hide it any longer. She fell down and fessed up. Master, it was me. I'm, I'm so sorry. I know, I know. It's against the rules. I know I'm not supposed to touch you. Everybody gasped. What is she doing here? She's not supposed to be in public. She's filthy. And she is not supposed to touch him. She is filthy. He is holy. But they didn't know Jesus. When she touched Jesus, she didn't make him filthy. He made her whole. And he called her daughter. I wonder how long it had been since anybody called her daughter. This part of the story makes me feel sorry for Jairus. He's so torn. He's happy for her, but he's heartbroken for his baby girl. If Jesus did that for this lady who battled this way for 12 years, surely Jesus could heal his little girl who had only been his little girl for 12 years. But before Jesus could bid her goodbye, some familiar faces showed up. and They wiped the tears from their face before they broke the news to Jairus. Sir, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're, we're very sorry. There's no need to bother the teacher anymore, though your, your daughter has just died. We... We know this Jesus is greater than disease. We've seen that, but it's been nearly 1,000 years since anybody's ever stared down death. <laughs> Boy, they didn't know Jesus at all, did they? Jesus turned to Jairus and said, Don't be afraid. Just believe. And he told the crowd to stay where they were as he led Peter, James, John, and Jairus back to Jairus' house. You could hear weeping for furlongs long before they ever got to the porch. The mourners for hire already lined up to get paid to pay their respects. Jesus came in and poked a hornet's nest with a cattle prod and said, Why is everybody so sad? She's not dead. She's just asleep. How could he say that? He hadn't even seen her yet. Or at least they didn't think he had. Their tears turned to jeers. They mocked him and made fun of him. But they didn't know him. And they didn't know what he knew. Jesus was about to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with death, and he did not need them laughing in the background. So he showed them the door. Soon it was just Jesus, the little daughter's dad, her mom, and three of Jesus' followers. Jairus led Jesus to his little girl's room, and she looked like she was sleeping, but Jairus knew she was gone. Jesus took her by the hand. Everybody shuddered. It's against Jewish law for Jesus to touch anyone, anything dead. And sure, that lady just touched him, but that wasn't his fault. This was. Nobody touches a dead body because that makes them filthy. But Jesus didn't back down. He spoke. Little girl, I say to you, arise. He spoke to her like a lamb, but he roared at death like a lion. And for the first time in nearly 1,000 years, death had no choice but to loosen its death grip on her. And this 12-year-old girl woke up and stood up, and everybody realized God is here. So I tell you, if it's been 12 years that you've been battling something or all of a sudden something happened and changed your life, go ahead, bring whatever you need to Jesus. Bring whatever you need you will hope he touches. Bring it to him. If you bring your sickness or your pain and you touch him, you will not make him filthy. He will make you whole. And if you bring your sin and your past and touch him, you will not make him filthy. He will make you holy. I know there are a lot of people listening and a whole lot of needs, a whole lot of range of needs. But I'm going to pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the same God 
who healed the woman who was sick for 12 years and raised a little girl who was only 12 years, I want to pray that God would minister to you just like he ministered to them. And whatever you need, he is well able. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, I speak faith right now. I ask you to work a miracle, Lord, for those who need your touch. For those who need what only you can provide, I'm asking you, Jesus, to do for them what they need you to do. God, I pray for healing. I pray for salvation. I pray for mercy. God, if you just need to restore humanity and identity to somebody, I ask you to do that. Whatever you need, whatever they need, I pray you would do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, by your grace, by your mercy, by your great power. I pray you would do this, and I give you praise and honor and thanks for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, thanks so much, Simplify listeners. Please be sure to click subscribe and share or click the little bell or the like. That way you can never have to miss an episode, neither will any of your friends. When you subscribe and you share, head on over to PentecostalPublishing.com. We've got some great resources. The book that launched this podcast is called Simplify, aptly named, and it's a devotional, 52-week devotional. Also, I've got the 10 words, the practical look at the 10 commandments, helps walk through the 10 commandments, what they meant for them, what they mean for us. All of that available at PentecostalPublishing.com and on Amazon for Kindle. And 10 words is available on Audible if you would rather listen than read. I want to shout out to some of those listening around the world. We have in this month of September, we have some listeners from Estonia. And so I say welcome to you, Estonia. We're very glad to have you as a part of our Simplify listening audience. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Moving Day. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.